Okay, let's do this. Hello everyone, it's your boy Fenyo. Coming at you Monday, this is the early PM podcast. How are you doing, my duelists? Uh, I'm in a pretty bad mood today uh, for breakfast. I had a, a cold latte, latte, as I usually do, but instead of actual milk, I had it with almond milk. And it tastes so bad. It's it was so, so fucking bad. I'm really grumpy right now. But yeah, let's let's stop talking about my my caffeine addiction and let's get into into the podcast. So as you know, we're going to talk about what happened last week, some news and what's going on in the next week. In the world of MMA, this terrible this terrible sport that we all love so much for some reason. So yeah, uh, Bellator had two events. Uh, the first one had Liz Carmouche on the main event, so I did not watch that one, obviously. Co-main had Tim Johnson. Uh, the car also included like Sarah McMahon, Danny Sabatello. So there was some names going on, but to be honest, I, I couldn't bother to watch. Uh, maybe I'll catch the... The Sarah McMahon and the Danny Sabatello fights, maybe, later, but won't talk about that. Uh, then we had UFC, uh, Pavlovich versus Blades. Uh, let's make a quick recap of that card. Uh, main event, Pavlovich versus Blades. Blades comes out with some good concepts, I would say. Um, he's trying to... He's trying to jab Pavlovich, wait for the... Wait for the counters, he was doing a good job of like using the high guard and coming up with the counter left hook. He was trying to take angles, oh, some good leg kicks. So Blades was trying some stuff. Pavlovich a lot more bare bones, but you can tell he's a lot more comfortable in striking situations. Um, and yeah, I mean, both guys were taking big shots. At, at first, it looked like both pretty good chins, but then Pavlovich just cracks Blades, uh, the problem with Blades, I would say, other than, and I've been saying this for a long time, I think he's a very skilled fighter, I think he's a smart guy, I don't think he has the mentality to be a, like, a world champion, to be honest, like, I think he has the physicality, I think he has pretty much maybe the skills, uh, he has the ability to learn for sure, he, as I said, I think, I think he's a smart guy, I respect Curtis Blades a lot. I don't think he doesn't have the the mind. I think he's a guy that overthinks a lot of what he does, and also, and also, like, yeah, Pavlovich just fast, accurate hands. Uh, even though his boxing form is pretty bad, but uh, he stays he stays over his feet, and that's enough to put combinations and ha hell of a chin. Like Blades was catching him with some clean stuff, and wasn't like. 100% shots, but you know, Blades is a big dude, he can hurt people, we've seen that in the past, and Pavlovich was just eating them for breakfast. Uh, Pavlovich says he's going to wait for a title shot now, um, I don't have much to say, I'm not very interested, I mean, it would be interesting to say Pavlovich tested, I thought, we, we saw a little bit of that, but we actually didn't get Pavlovich to show any, any new skills here, uh, Blades, 
the the biggest problem other than the the health stuff that I mentioned earlier is that he has a big disconnection between the striking and the grappling. Uh, the striking of Cortis Blades is not con is not conductive to get into the clinch. Um, he's not using like big dips in the head movement to find his way into takedowns. Uh, he's mostly straight um, standing up pretty pretty straight up and his head movement is like very like minimal and straight up he's not like bending at the waist a lot uh, so when he was hurt he was trying to chase first try to try to look for the only takedown i think of the fight uh, with a pretty bad level change like mostly like bending at the back uh didn't get like deep at all pavlovich no trouble like getting other hooks and shoving him off so yeah i mean blades needs to i think what he's what he's getting what he's putting together on the feet is decent i think he needs more comfort and might might be a little bit too late for that right now but what what he needs is the uh, striking game that lends itself to find the grappling i think it's a problem that a lot of wrestlers find um because yeah, I mean, sometimes when you start striking, there's some stuff that uh, your personality lends to and you find yourself comfortable, uh, like Phil Davis, for example, like being like a long kicker and stuff. But he as a wrestler, not being like a shot wrestler and a more a clinch based wrestler, didn't really connect in the way that, for example, John Jones made it work because he... He has this long kicking uh, stuff, and he's also uh, like a like a clinch wrestler was at his prime. Um, but he had the entries to the clinch. He has a process when he keeps you on the outside, and when you try to close in, he finds the clinch opportunities. I think that's something that Blaze doesn't have, and um, and heavyweight being so populated with with strikers at the top, I think that's a uh, that's a tough ask for for blades. I mean, and he's running out of time to be honest to to make it. Um, a lot of people were saying like, "Oh, blades, blades would would have a field trip with Cyril Gunn. And to be honest, Cyril Gunn would have to give him like a super good opening, like he did to John Jones. If he just kicks in the outside with blades, I think Cyril Gunn beats blades super easily. Um, I'm just being honest here. I I know a lot of a lot of people that follow our site and that kind of stuff are big fans of Blades, but I think that's it for Blades as a future champion, to be honest. That makes me sad. I, I also like Curtis Blades, especially as a guy. He seems like a this seems like a super chill guy, intelligent. Also, uh, yeah, sad day. On the co-main, we have Bruno Silva and Brad Tavares. Uh, these guys just were out to bank. It was one of the best fights. Um, Tavares was you know, caught with a huge, uh, I think it was the right hand. Uh, Silva is a, is a salpa, right? Uh, to be honest, I haven't rewatched the fight, but Tavares was like super <laughs> unconscious. He bounced off the cage, went to the ground, and then he woke up before any follow-up shot. So some people were we're protesting about the stoppage. I think it was a good stoppage, to be honest. If you go out at any moment, doesn't matter. If you if you wake up later, I think the, the a stoppage there is justified. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, good good rebound fight for Bruno Silva. Um, I mean, he had it rough in the Pereira fight. He got to look pretty good. Then he fought Mirshard. Mirshard looked very good in that fight. Ended up decking him with the left hand and then following up in the ground with the guillotine. And yeah, I mean, I thought that, that was it for Bruno Silva. I mean, sometimes these guys like with with a lot of experience, especially in a hard circuit like Bruno Silva, a lot of fights in Russia against pretty decent competition before the UFC. He's not a young guy either. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tabares, this one is rough. Uh, I think we're seeing that the durability, the the, the physicality of Tabares, because Tabares is a, like a meat and potatoes guy that has like decent fundamentals pretty much everywhere, especially the takedown defense that allows him to have these kickboxing matches. But we we start seeing Tabares like losing these striking bouts even when he gets to do what he wants. Uh, for example, the fight with Rico's Duplessis when Tabares was easily winning the fight and he got more tired than Duplessis for somehow. So yeah, I mean, Tabares as a gatekeeper to the top 15, I think he's dropping and dropping further away from that. Uh, in what was supposed to be the best fight of the night, Bobby Green and Jared Gordon went to a no contest. Uh, interesting fight. I think Bobby Green looked uh, diminished physically, not in the, like, aesthetically, but in the way that he looked to me, to my eye, he, he was looking slower. The reactions weren't looking as good uh, compared to the fight, f for example, against like Drew Dauber, where I think Bobby Green looked very good. And he still lost. Uh, to Drew Dauber, very good fighter, obviously, and insanely durable. Uh, Gordon here was looking very good uh, for for his standards, and that made for a very competitive fight. Fight, um, I would say, if if Gordon was like his usual self, and Bobby Green was like closer to his prime, to what we've seen in fights like against Fisiev, against uh, Dover, even Dover, uh, I think Bobby Green would have a, a, a bigger advantage. Uh, they seem pretty leveled up, pretty leveled here. Uh, Gordon was making good stuff, countering combinations, going to the body, ending up upstairs. Uh, the right the right stuff to do against someone like Bobby Green that is very, very sharp with the, with the head movements, but the first layer is a lot better than what follows. Like you can tell Bobby Green has mechanics to go with the head movement to one place to another, but he doesn't really have a flow chart to decipher combinations. And that's a reason that why Bobby Green gets better as the fight goes on because he, he makes these reads and start evading shots easier. I think Bobby Green was starting to heat up as the round went on. Uh, Gordon was still having big moments. Uh, I think he, he kind of hurt Bobby Green once or twice. Then at the end, Bobby Green went with a with a left upward elbow. Uh, Gordon slips to the inside. They clash heads. Gordon gets dropped, not unconscious. Bobby Green follows him to the ground, starts landing ground and pound. Um, puts away uh, puts away the legs. Uh, Bobby Green said Gordon was going for a triangle. Like him. He threw the legs up. To be fair, and Bobby Green put him completely out. But then the the judges, I mean the referees, the, the officials, make the right call to call this no contest because of the clash of heads. Um, good to see, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Bobby Green. wanted wanted him to win this one, but that's that's what fair. Um, so Gordon is calling for a rematch for this one. 
I'll be okay with that. Uh, it sucks that he had to go like completely out. Uh, I think we need a referee on the outside watching tape to make sure that you get stoppages like immediately after the head clash sooner. This could have been like stopped and give time for Gordon to recover or maybe stop the fight in a way but prevent the knockout. Um, we could also have seen, uh, we not long ago we saw the Curtis Blaze, uh, not Curtis Blaze, uh, Chris Curtis against Kelvin Gastelum, a fight that was also largely affected by the headbutt and there was, there, there was no officiating in that situation. So yeah, uh, before that we have Yasmin Lucindo against Brown Walker, Brown Walker finalist of the Ultimate Fighter, didn't look very good in that fight, didn't look, get to look good here either. Lucindo, uh, very athletic. Uh, I thought she looked better in the in her debut, uh, in a fight that she probably won. On this one, she she did pretty much whatever she wanted. Still didn't get the finish, but uh, I guess I guess a good performance by Lucindo. Uh, Jeremiah Wells and Matthew Simmelsberger had a wild fight. Uh, this this one was was pretty good. Um, my boss and good friend Ed Gal. Ed Gallo told me that he loves fights between two guys that are very strong. <laughs> and yeah, that you can tell Wells and Semmelsberg are like stupid strong guys. <laughs> they were getting like some dumb sweeps and shoving each other in the in the clinch. Uh, it was a wild fight, but yeah, Wells opened up the fight being like very wild and aggressive and Semmelsberger was like shitting him. Uh, in the first round, he dropped him super hard. Uh, Wells managed to to recover a bit, got a big takedown at the end of the round, landed good ground and pound. Then the fight continued to be wild after that, but it was a good performance. Wells is... Wells probably have a, a ceiling because he's not developing the the skills uh, in the striking. He's very powerful. He has some good ideas and good instincts, but uh, the technique is not polished. He's very wild. I think he, he will have trouble with that, maybe with cardio against people where... He doesn't get the takedowns that he wants, but he's very physically imposing, very strong. He's quick, he's dangerous. Semmelsberger, um, limited but crafty in some way. Like he's not a very layered fighter, but he has like he's a tricks fighter. You know, he has the very few things that he knows how to do well, and he knows where to apply them, and that makes him a, a dangerous fighter. But face it off with guys with with bit more physicality or or a better process like when he fought uh a white no it's not white what his name that bald guy that did the great white <laughs> what's his oh morono alex morono when he fought alex morono like morono started putting together stuff with the jab and eventually figure out Samuelsberger also with the better cardio in that situation but both guys i'm completely fine with these guys at 170 uh excited exciting fighters uh something that the division needs more of and prelims christos yagos slept ricky glenn with a left hook uh yagos came out very aggressive on this one i thought if the fight went long uh, rick glenn was going to have a pretty big advantage because we've seen yagos gas before he passed. Glenn also a pretty good grappler. 
decent uh, defensive takedowns and Yagos has been like uh, the uh, Shane wrestler of sorts lately but uh, Yagos moved to to Killcliff I, I think it's the name of formerly Black Sillians and 10,000 other names in the past but yeah he looked pretty good here um, uh, good like counter left hook uh, in open stances Clip him at the top of the head, put him completely out for a moment. Then he, uh, Glenn w woke up like immediately, but was was good stuff. Uh, we have Montel Jackson. He knocked out Honey Yaya. Jackson establishing a very long distance. Yaya not quite figuring out the the entries. Uh, Yaya tries to close the distance. Montel Jackson cracks him with uh, with the left hand. Goes to the ground. Ground and pound with the biggest hands of any bantamweight in the world put Yaya out. I think that's the first time that Yaya has been knocked out in the UFC and in his career, I'm not sure. But yeah, I mean, even though Yaya is like super old, I think it was still an impressive performance by Jackson. With this win and the win against like Julio Arce, Jackson is shaping up to be like the, fi uh, the fighter that he was always promising, but he he looks very dangerous right now. I think he's a good fighter. Not the biggest fan, to be honest, of his style, but good fighter nonetheless. Before that, we had a, a women's featherweight fight, and I'm going to be controversial here. I think Norma Dumont and Carol Hosa are completely fine as fighters. Did not hate this one. The clinch got a little bit boring, but but Hosa and Dumont both like pretty well put together strikers. Oh, Carol Hosa, I like her performance like against uh, Betch Koheya when she put together everything behind the, the inside the inside left left leg kick. And Dumont also a bit inactive at times, but I like that he looks for the jab, tries to counter, moves her head a bit in the pocket, throws hit. Both both girls very decent pop in her hands. Uh capable kickers, good good combination punchers. So this one was pretty fun when they were exchanging. Dumont getting the better of most exchanges in the field, but then Hossa dropped her in the third round. Um, the decision could have gone either way. I think I agree with Dumont winning rounds one and two. Uh, probably they're making Dumont versus Amanda uh, at the 145. I think it's interesting. I think Dumont probably the more skilled striker. Oh, but the margins leaning the weight of Amanda being faster, more powerful. Uh, there's some stuff that Amanda does pretty well on the feet. Sometimes in, in some others, uh, she gets pretty exposed as being limited. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't like bet money on the month beating Amanda, but it's it could be worse. I mean, Amanda usually fights bigger, bigger mismatches than this one, to be honest. I think... Potential to surprise a lot of people in that fight. Then before that, we had the fight of the brothers. Uh, we had Mohamed Usman, the brother of former welterweight champion Kamaru Usman against Junior Tafa, brother of... Uh, is it Justin Tafa? I don't know, but... Yeah, I mean, Tafa looked look pretty not good, but like fun on the feet at times. Uh, throwing like big punches, uh, framing off, trying to find elbows. Uh, Usman, to his credit, showed a good chin and then proceeded to just like get takedowns and do nothing from top position. It was pretty terrible fight. 
Good for Usman though, I guess. Uh, Gomez versus Marshall. Uh, this one was rough to see. Uh, Gomez. Gomez is a bit. Uh, I don't like Gomez to be honest. I mean, he's a bit annoying as a fighter. Uh, but he, but he looked alright. I mean, he he moved on the outside a uh, pretty quick, like left left kick. Uh, some decent combinations. Uh, surprisingly, when put on the defense, like he has uh, good reactions, can move his head a little bit, surprise me a little bit. I think Marshall hit him and like with the bigger shots in the second and the third. I think uh, I don't know, man. Um, uh, Marshall, I was pretty disappointed. Uh, it seemed like the like the rangy, like tricky southpaw would confuse him a lot. And he didn't. He didn't really get going, to be honest. Uh, clearly won the third round, Marshall, but too too late, man. Uh, before that, we have Brady Haystand versus uh, but Gerald Dana. Dana was beating his ass for the pretty much the whole fight. Uh, clearly, two rounds up. Haystand uh, Dana started to get in a bit tired in the third. Houston gets going, uh, gets a take against the fence, gets into that position that we've seen a lot lately, getting the the overhook. I think he was riding with uh, with his right with his right leg, uh, getting like a hook on the leg of Dana as he was standing up. He was landing decent but not very powerful ground and pound. He started looking at the ref. Dana was standing up. Yeah, he was getting clean. He was getting hit clean in the face, but he was clearly standing up and was not like close to getting knocked out or anything. And the ref stopped the fight. I think this was pretty sketchy. I mean, I understand it. He was getting very clean, but he it didn't. He didn't look especially hurt. He looked tired, and maybe he wasn't going to get out of that position. But you, you gotta let things play out. Like you, we don't. Even though we need to protect fighters from concussions and stuff like that, this is still a fight. We cannot stop fights from any like style position where you're getting hit clean. Like for example, the crew. If you you're getting stuck in a crucifix for a very long time and you're not getting out, but you're getting hit too light, I don't think that should be stopped. Even though it, it doesn't make for a very good like watching experience. I don't know, man. I thought this. I did not agree with this stoppage, to be honest, and not be not only because I like uh, Dana and did not like his stand a lot at all, but I thought it was a bad stoppage, to be honest. Especially you gotta give uh, the chance to the fighter that is clearly winning the fight. Obviously, that should not have any any bearing on the results, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Bellator had a big card. To be honest, I didn't get to watch most of it. Uh, my Saturday was uh, a little bit of a mess in my personal life. Uh, Matt Burnell uh, apparently looked pretty good. Maybe I'll catch on that one. Didn't get uh, to watch the Aaron Pico fight either. Probably going to watch that one. <laughs> and funnily enough, I got to see the Jan C. Medeiros versus Charlie Leary. Um, um, I don't know if <laughs> I shouldn't say this in the podcast, but Leary looked to me like a Nazi, like a Nazi, like 
some sketchy tattoos going on there. And I also like that very white, pale white guy, like somewhat in shape, but not, I don't know. Uh, but that was a fun scrap, I guess. Uh, Medeiros got cracked super hard, then he cracked Leary, and then he proceeded to beat his ass. Good for Medeiros to win a fight at his hometown. Uh, then in the co-main, we have Ilgin Malay McFarlane versus Kana Watanabe. Pretty bad fight, to be honest. Um, a lot of stalling, it came to who hit who in stalling positions, Watanabe was getting to control, McFarlane was attacking from bottom and when he, she was being pushed against the fence, uh, got distracted during the fight to be honest, I, I found it pretty boring. Uh, Watanabe was doing some cool stuff with the Tatos and with ground pound from inside the guard in the first round that I remember, but yeah, I mean... I guess uh, McFarlane is fighting Liz Carmouche again. Um, I don't care, to be honest. I don't. I don't give a shit. And then we had the the final of the big bantamweight uh, Grand Prix. We had Patchy Mix versus Ruffian Stotts. Uh, Patchy Mix catches him sleeping with a with a beautiful knee, puts him out. <laughs> the result that I guess no one expected. Stotts was looking pretty good earlier. Uh, with the with the leg kicks and the jab, Pachi was trying to put combinations together. To 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 his credit, Pachi was throwing heat earlier. I, I think he was trying to to like get some respect out of Stotts. Uh, got just caught him with a with a big knee, like good stuff. Uh, I was asked by one of our patrons. Um, yeah, Navigator asked me how would Pachi mix do against the top UFC bantamweights. I would say it would be interesting to see him against the grapplers, especially, I think, against, like, not saying he would win any of these fights, but I think him versus, like, Sterling, uh, Mirav, or Ricky Simon, those would be, like, very interesting fights, because he has, like, this tricky grappling style. Um, I'm not sure how he would do against strikers, to be quite honest. I think the, the wrestling of Patchy Mix is not up there and the striking is not either uh, obviously he's dangerous he's pretty big um a fight that i would love to see <laughs> just just comes to my mind because both guys are like super big for the division and just fought this weekend is patchy mix versus uh montel jackson i think that was gave us a pretty good idea of where patchy mix stands in the bantamweight division uh i saw some tweets of people saying like uh, bellator maybe has the best fighter in Almost basically any way, because I do not, I do not think uh, Pachimix is the best bantamweight in the world. Uh, maybe he is, but I have no, no significant proof of any of that. I remember when they were saying Mackie was better than Max Holloway, and that was like super dumb too. Uh, yeah, I mean Pachimix obviously very good. I would for sure like top fifteen material in the UFC. I'm not talking trash on the guy. I just saying uh, people should not run to overrate dude i mean the guy's good let him do his stuff and a bit of news uh, there was an altercation i don't know the context to be honest i just saw the video of nate diaz like just getting a nasty guilt on, on a guy on the street and put him out and dropping him on the floor uh bad look to be honest the, the look the guy was like with his hands up i don't think he was trying to, to look for a fight or anything uh, and Nate Diaz, like, 
just keeps getting into this kind of stuff and I just think he will she just wants the attention. It comes to a point like where it's not that oh you're a gangster and all that like corny stuff. It's like you you just get into shit because you know like you can make money of getting into shit. And then the guy <laughs> the guy now he's saying he's going to get his revenge or something. I mean everyone just trying to get their social media moment and it's all all very cringe to be honest. Um Pavlovich saying he's going he's going to wait for a title shot. Uh, as we know John Jones is going to fight um Stipe Miocic in New York City. I don't know man, uh we, when it comes to Pavlovich like let's just see there's not much to say. Pavlovich is very uninteresting. Um if he if he turns turns out to be good eventually like that I'm fine with that I'm not hating on the dude but I'm not getting like hype I mean I want to see this Pavlovich fight like not really uh, announcement from fights uh, I don't know if this is like kind of old news but uh, Bilal Mohammed you gotta remember the name against uh, Gilbert Burns they are having a co-main event uh, in the in the UFC 288 card that's the Sterling versus Hudo card and it's five rounds so interesting interesting fight uh, I think Burns is pretty rough for Mohamed but five rounds Mohamed can push a pace who knows who knows I mean, could go either way to be honest but, but yeah I mean I, I just hope that they don't deny the title shot to whoever wins this one uh, but yeah I mean it's not that it's not that this is a great fight but it's I think both guys deserve the spotlight and deserve the title shot that would come after this fight, so I'm I'm fine with that. Um, what else? Uh, Sean Brady and Jack Della Maddalena are going to scrap. Uh, if I were, I, I think the the UFC is doing Sean Brady dirty here after the after losing that fight to Bilal Mohammed. I think he needs a step down, uh, figure some stuff out. I guess they're trying to push Jack Della hard here. And to be fair, we've seen Jack Della been taken down before. And he has been put in very sketchy positions. In the in the contender series fights against Lusa. Lusa had him in a in a very, very deep arm triangle. And then in the Ramasam Amib Amib fight, Amib got him into I think a, an Anaconda. And to be to to Jack Della's credit, he looks almost impossible to choke. But I don't know. You gotta you gotta gamble that one against Sean Brady. But we'll see. As long as he's it stays in the feet, oh, I think Jack Della is going to to beat his ass. And that's pretty much it for for news and fight announcements and that kind of stuff. We have this. This week we have some Cage Warriors going on. And main event is Reese McKee versus Judo Jimmy Warhead. Jimmy Warhead must be pretty old, right? Uh, he's 39, but he has 44 fights. So yeah, he's pretty past it. Reese McKee, probably promising. I mean, yes. He got caught by the UFC. 
losing by to Shimayeva and Morono, but it's putting it together back out. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and, and UFC has an actual very good main event next week. We have Song Yedong versus Ricky Simone. Uh, I talked a little bit about this one last week because this fight was supposed to be the co-main from last Saturday fight night, but it got moved to the main event to this one. Uh, good fight. Very interesting to see if Simon can get the takedowns. Uh, if he, how he fares in the striking because Jatong is very dangerous, very powerful. I don't think I I love Ricky Simon, but I don't think he has the craft to to risk it in a striking bout with Song Yedong. Uh, but at the same time, we saw Song Yedong being taken down by Corey Sanhagen. Obviously, Sanhagen, Simon, very different as wrestlers. Sanhagen, like, very lengthy. Uh, and took him a while to be able to, to take Yedong down. Simon will probably will need the takedowns a lot earlier if he, if he wants to win this one. Uh, the five rounds is interesting. Uh, Simon looks like a guy that should gas, but... We haven't seen him gas. He he actually won a third round against Mirav. So that's very impressive. And Song Yadong, uh, pretty crazy cardio, but we clearly saw him starting to fade in the Corey fight. And that was not a super high-paced fight. It was like good pace, but not, not insane. And he was starting to fade pretty hard towards the end. So gotta take a look on that one, but... Yeah, a very interesting fight. I, I guess I'll make some clips about both guys. So look out in my Twitter about that. On the comment, we have Kayo Bojalio versus Michel Oleksandrzuk. Cool fight. I mean, Bojalio gets to take pretty much everyone down. And he's very game. And Michel always had pretty decent takedown defense. Uh, 205 got taken down in his last fight. Uh, the 185, but interesting to see. A uh, very good test for Kayo and good, good for Michel if he can he can win this one. We also have Cody Brondish versus Holofo Vieira. Uh, Brondish dangerous on the feet, but tends to grapple a lot in fights, and you know Vieira is very dangerous in the ground. So we'll see if he can get the takedown. Uh, Juicy J, we have Julian Rosa that I know a lot of people around these lanes like he's fighting Fernando Padilla Mexican I don't know who that is uh UFC debut Waldo Cortez Acosta is fighting Marcos Rogerio de Lima I don't know man uh for I don't know why I do not like Waldo Cortez Acosta I find him so annoying uh hoping Pesado knocks him out <laughs> i don't know man i don't know why i dislike him uh before that we have martin budai versus jake collier and oh my god that that's bad that's those those two heavyweight bouts back to back that's pretty bad that's pretty bad uh we have a lightweight bout nathan levy levi i don't know how the the, the israeli guy he fights pete rodriguez that should be that should be fine. That should be fun. Uh, hopefully, this is at lightweight and Pete Rodriguez is dropping down uh, because he was clearly like not welterweight size. But yeah, I mean, Pete Rodriguez can bang. Or well, Levi uh, also comes to bang. So 
that one should be fun. Uh, Bantamweight, we have Cody Durden versus Charles Johnson. Good, good. Uh, George Quinlan uh, is fighting Trey Waters. No comment there. Stephanie Yeager versus Irina Alexiva. Making her UFC debut at just 4-1. No comment there. Brian Kelleher versus Journey Newsom. That's that's a good fight. Well, that's a good fight. I'm looking forward to that one. And then there's another like women's fight. Uh, both girls making her debut is Haley Coleman versus Jamie Lynn Horth. Nothing to say about that. I don't know either of them. And I guess that's it for the pod. Remember to support us on Patreon. Follow me on Twitter. I'm going to be posting some analysis before the fights on the weekend. I I think maybe an article. I don't know. Uh, For the Patreon boys, I'll probably be making some alternate commentary in some of uh, Simon and Jadong fights. So look out for that. Leave me questions for the next week if you want. And I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Bye.